Well, we do want to just kind of um, continue on our series, Encounter. I'm so thankful for what uh, Brother Mark had shared last week. My brother, Pastor Mark, how many were here? How many listened to that online, right? Amen. Really uh, emphasized and really talked about Thanksgiving and being thankful. And, uh, you know, the, um, uh, really, doctors have, have done studies and found out, and scientists have done studies and found out that the same part of your brain that is grateful is the same part of your brain that gets anxiety. And that's why you can't be anxious and thankful at the same time. So Paul said, in all things, don't be anxious, but give thanks to the Lord. Amen. Be anxious for nothing, but in all things, with prayer and supplications. Why? Because you can't use that same part of your brain, you know, that part of your brain with two things at the same time. How many know, I'd rather be grateful than anxious, amen. And so when I give my burden to the Lord, I'm thankful, and I began to just say, Lord, I'm just thankful for all that you've done. I'm thankful for what I have, and thankful for what's going on in my life, despite, amen, some things. Amen, how many know, I don't have time to be anxious and, and get all bent out of shape and worried about it. How many know, I can just say, God's got this, amen. And so I wanna encourage you to do that. But along with that, this series and continuing, and um, I feel that, this will go on for a little bit and just how the Lord wants to move in this way. But we also really um, have felt in our hearts as a leadership team that um, this year God really wants to minister to families. And we really want to um, do some things and some series and uh, really want to have later on in the year a marriage encounter. We want to do pre-marriage classes and, and really talk about some things. I'm excited about a series we want to do on disciplining children and what that looks like, and what the Bible has to say about that, how to raise kids, how to have a great marriage. And, uh, and then how to impact our community, amen, and help our community have, um, amen, come to the Lord and have a, a secure home, a, a wonderful home, come on, amen, a strong home, and so we're into that, we're into families, we're into homes, and strong families, and children, save children, that's our heart, so we really want to just really get into that this year, so we're going to have some things um, um, you know, of course, uh, along those lines, we're going to be doing some activities when the weather gets better, um, and uh, that really are family oriented and and geared towards family. We want to do some things for the community and with the community this year. I'm excited about that. And uh, how many know our hearts just really are for our city and for this whole county, really, and what the Lord wants to do? Because God wants to do great things here, and I don't want to miss what God wants to do. Amen. Anybody? I don't want to miss what God wants to do. So having church is great, but how many know we got to go outside the church? Amen. And we've got to, amen, show the love of God outside the walls. Amen. In Revelation chapter 3, Revelation chapter 3, we opened up with this two weeks ago. Revelation chapter 3, I love this verse. And I believe that, um, I think it was my aunt or my grandmother had a painting on their wall of this particular scripture. Amen. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Jesus said this to one of the churches. He said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him with him and sup with him and he with me. In John chapter 14, Jesus said, Anyone who believes God's words, that him and the Father will come into that person in their life and will live with that person. Amen. And so we talked about encounter and that power of daily devotions with the Lord. And in this divine encounter, there's something amazing that happens. Jesus Christ changes you. 
There's something that happens when you meet with the Lord face to face and begin to talk with him. And even every day, how many know he begins to, there's a divine exchange that's taking place. It's not just a one-way street, one-way relationship, one-way conversation. There's an exchange that happens between us and God. And it's a divine exchange. He speaks to us. We speak to him. He, he reveals some things to us. He loves on us. We love him. Come on. Amen. And how many know he changes us? Amen. He rearranges some things in our life. He begins to do amazing things when we have an encounter with God. And one of the things we realized, we talked about a couple weeks ago, but we realized as you get into this and you begin to talk about your relationship with God, you realize that my relationship with the Lord is a devotion with God. How many know what I'm talking about? It's a devotion with God, but it's also a devotion to God. Amen. I know very few Christians that have a great devotional life and they're not devoted they're not devoted to God. They're completely devoted to God. So one of the things we see is that my relationship with the Lord is my devotions with him, but it's also my devotion to him. How many believe that? Amen. My devotion to him. And this morning we want to talk a little bit about that encounter. Amen. Through the word of God. Amen. Father, we just thank you for this morning. Thank you for all the songs that were sung in our hearts that were open to you. And how we just, Lord, can have this freedom to come into this house and really just lift our hands and express our worship, Lord. Give back to you a little bit of something that you have given to us. Lord, you have given us so much. The least we can do is say thank you. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. Now, Lord, I pray that as we get into your word, your word would get into us. As we examine your word, your word would examine us so that when we leave this place and we carry your word, your word will carry us. And we give you all the praise and all the glory. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Devotions is a time. It is a time with the Lord. It is that time. But how many know it's also a place? It's a place. Jesus The Bible says, went to a mountain to pray. Amen. Moses went up to the mountain, went into the tabernacle to worship. So we see in the scriptures that devotion is that time, it is that place, but it is that encounter with the Lord. It is that divine exchange with the Lord. Amen. But it also is that experience with God. Amen. How many can raise your hand to heaven and say, man, I've had an experience with God. Amen. It it may not have been a burning bush experience, but man, I'll tell you what, it changed my life. I think it's impossible to see Jesus. Jesus and not be changed by him. I think it's impossible not to be in the presence of the Lord and not be affected some way, somehow, amen, by God. In an experience, it's an experience with the Lord. How many believe that? But I want to just share with you and just talk about the power in devotions because there's this thing about sometimes that we, we, we really, um, really talk about coming to church, we talk about worship and being a good Christian, but there's power in devotions. How many believe that? And we want to share some things about devotions and daily devotions. And I, I found that the Lord has given us tools and the Lord's given us resources. And, and one of the things I really, um, really love about the Lord and our relationship that we have him and I, is that not only does he save me and deliver me and set me free and cleanse me with his blood, but he's given me the things I need to grow in him. Isn't that good? I don't have to go searching and and looking and Google all this stuff. Everything I need is in Jesus Christ, and he's given me these things. And how many know devotions usually and is about prayer, it's about the word, and it's about worship. Amen. And, then, and that's the power in devotions that the Lord has given us. The, that we have prayer, we have audience with God, we have the word of God, and worship. Amen. And I love the word of God. How many love the word of God? Amen. Oh yeah, I love the word of God. And our core values at our church here is that we trust the Bible. Amen. We, we love the Bible. We trust the Bible. Amen. 
That's one of our core values because we're so in love with God. And through his word, we find that we can have this encounter with God. I believe that the fire of God in our lives is fueled by the word of God. Amen. I like this picture that if, if we could put it this way as we're talking about a fire, is that worship is the spark, the word is the wood, and prayer are the coals. How many you know Paul told Timothy, stir up. Amen. The gift of God. Stir up those things in prayer. Amen. So sometimes we see that. So worship is that spark and it really helps keep the, get that fire going in our hearts. Amen. But sometimes it, that word is that wood. It just is the lasting fuel that keeps the fire of God going in our lives. Amen. Many people are looking for an experience in church and I'll get all fired up and it really helps me get through the week. And then by the end of the week, it's died down and I need fired up again. But how many know if you spend time in the word of God every day or somewhat daily, amen, it'll fuel the fire of God in your life. You won't need to come to church, amen, just to get a word to feel better about yourself or, or just to make it through another week. Man, you're going to make it through every day because you've got the word, amen. And the word is that fuel, amen, in, in the fire of God in our lives, amen. And so developing a relationship with God in our lives through the word, through prayer, and through worship is so important, and I just want to give you some keys today about that. I can't share this whole thing because this is a, uh, it's just a huge principle that is just all through the Bible and so many good things about it. But I want to talk about encountering God through his word. And it's, it's really, as I look through the word, and one of the things I realized early on as a Christian, I realized that when I get, got to the word in the Bible, I realized something very simple, very, very basic, and that is Jesus is the word. I don't need to go look through scriptures to find out if proof where Jesus lived and did he exist and was his resurrection true and, and did he do all this? Jesus is the word. He is in the word, but he is the word. Amen. John chapter 1 says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Verse 14, and the word became flesh and lived among us. Amen. That's what John said. So Jesus is the word, amen. And what did Jesus quote when he was on the earth? What did he quote? He quoted from the Old Testament that man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. So how many believe that I've, I exist not by my own strength or just because I'm lucky and I've got this and that. I exist because of the words of God. I have to exist. I need that in my life. I can't exist and live as a Christian without the word of God. Amen? Come on. Man lives, doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. That's how we exist. That's how we live our life. You don't live your life Sunday to Sunday, Easter to Easter. You can live your life by the word of God. Amen? Amen. And so that's what's so important about our encounter with God through his word. And I feel like the second thing that when I really came to the things of the Lord, I had to really uh, just let the Lord know right away and, and kind of just settle to my heart. I believe the Bible. I trust the Bible. I'm not second guessing it. It's, well, let's see what this, this historical book says. Well, let's try to match this with other books. Let's try to see what other historical things say, even though I can do that to just kind of prove some things. But I believe that, amen, I need to come to the Lord saying, I trust your word. I trust the Bible. Hands down, I trust the Bible. Do I never know everything about the Bible? No. Does it make sense? All of it makes sense to me? No. Amen. But I trust it. I'm learning about it, right? I'm figuring it out. The Lord's revealing things to me. Amen. As he said he would. So we're all trusting the Bible. Amen. I trust the word of God with my life. 
I stake my life on the Word of God. How many say, I stake my life on the Word of God? Amen. So thankful for that. And so, because the Bible says that there's some people that can't get the Word of God or get the things of the Lord because they're spiritually discerned. They're just, the light isn't on there. They're, they're not plugged in. They're not connected right. They just, come on, how many know if you're not born again, if you're not spiritually alive in Christ, you probably won't get the Bible a whole lot. You can appreciate it, you can honor it, you can reverence it, but you probably won't get it. Amen. It's something about when you're born of God and you believe that God is, amen, has been manifested in the flesh, that Jesus is the Messiah and the Bible is true. There's just something about it that all of a sudden my heart is open. I believe the Bible. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, I get it. Like, I get that. Do you, do you understand about a flood? No, I get it. I believe it. Amen. Have I ever seen that great flood? No, I haven't seen it, but I believe it. Amen. I like what old, uh, one old timer said. He said, I don't believe everything that I, I, I get into or I eat or I drink. He said, I've seen a black cow eat green grass and we got white milk and orange cheese and yellow butter. I mean, I don't get it, but I believe in it. Amen. I believe in it. And so that's the way it is. You got to believe in the Bible. I don't want to talk about that. but um, And so let me just share three things about the Bible. We won't get into these today, but again, it's just so good and and um, really just a whole series on it. And that is really the Bible and the Word of God is, number one, you got to understand the text. There's the text of the Word, the writings of the Word, and, and, and really reveals the character of God, the nature of God, and everything about God. And then there's the voice. How many know the Bible speaks? Amen. Come on. How many know God speaks through the word? God speaks through the word. So you got to understand there's the voice and then there's the life of the word, which is the direction. God gives us direction and principles to live by. And so there's the text, the voice and the life of the word of God. Don't get, have time to get into those. I want to share something with you today that'll help a little bit. Maybe open this door. Um, and that is really, I want to talk to you about fulfilled devotion. So fulfilled devotion. What is fulfilled devotion? mean. Amen. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Of course, this is the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount is found in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And tremendous um, message there. Jesus preached that message. And there's um, just so many things there. But in Matthew chapter 5, when he begins this discourse on the Sermon on the Mount and begins to preach this message, he opens up with what we call the Beatitudes or attitudes that need to be in the life of a Christian. And he gave some tremendous insight on the heart of God in the life of a believer. Amen. And this is what he said in verse 6. He said, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. That's a promise. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Luke chapter 6 said, blessed are those who hunger right now. You're hungry for God, you're hungry for truth, hungry for Jesus. But then he said, woe to them that are full, for they shall be hungry. They will go hungry. So if you're filled up and without God and you're filled with this world and filled with the systems of this world and beliefs of other gods and other, worshiping other gods, then you'll be hungry. But if you hunger for God, is what he's saying, you hunger for righteousness, you will be filled. Amen. That word filled there means completely satisfied. Amen. How many believe that Jesus, amen, is completely satisfying? Amen. 
Amen. Come on. How many know there's in the world, there's cheap thrills, surface relationships, and temporary satisfaction, but Jesus is refreshingly different. Amen. He's the water of life. He's the one that quenches our thirst. He's the one that satisfies the longing of every heart. Amen. He's the love you're looking for. He's the high you're trying to get to. He's the fulfillment, the security that you're looking for. That's Jesus. Amen. Everything that we need is in Christ Jesus. Amen. So if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, the Bible says you will be filled. You will be completely satisfied if you hunger for righteousness. If you hunger for the world, you'll be empty. If you hunger for righteousness, you'll be filled. Amen? Come on, some of you used to go Saturday night to that old well that in, that, in that community, in that corner, amen, and ask for that old drink and try to fill up something that just wouldn't get satisfied. You couldn't find fulfillment because you needed another drink, and then you needed another drink, then you needed another drink, and it just wasn't working, just wasn't filling that void, just wasn't satisfying, but Jesus said, I've got a drink that when you drink this drink, you'll never be thirsty again, amen? He is that fountain of living water. Amen. If you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you will be completely satisfied. Amen. They don't make anything out there that satisfies like Jesus. There's nothing on the market and behind the alley that satisfies like Jesus. Amen. Amen. He is com- amen, completely satisfied. I don't know about you, but I want to be completely satisfied. I want to be completely satisfied. Well, I can be. If I hunger and thirst for righteousness, that's what Jesus said. But let me just throw some things out about this that, amen, as he talks about, if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you'll be filled, right? Filled. Well, I believe that the size of the container determines the amount of substance. (laughs) So if you come to God with a little Dixie cup, you're going to get a little Dixie cup of joy. But if you come to God with one of those soccer mom thermoses, Amen. Amen. You're going to get a soccer thermos. Amen. Soccer mom thermos full of joy, peace. Come on. So, so, so I'm coming to the Lord with an empty heart. Amen. Complete heart saying, Lord, fill it up. Amen. I'm hungry and I'm thirsty for righteousness. I don't want a little Dixie cup of peace. I need a big old, amen, huge container of peace. Amen. I don't need a little bit of joy. I need all joy. Amen. So I'm coming to the Lord with as much as I can, as big as I can, as much faith as I can, because I want to be filled. Amen. And so to the level of hunger is to the level of filling. If I'm not hungry for God, I'm not going to get much. If I'm hungry for other things, that's what I'm going to get. Amen. And those other things, according to Jesus, will always leave you empty. But if I, and I'm hungry just for a little bit of church. If I just feel like, man, I, I think just once a year is good enough. I, I'm just a hung, hungry just a little bit, just for one scripture. That's all. I don't need much. I don't want much of God. I don't, I don't want much of religion, and I don't want much of these things. But, man, I'm going to fill my life on money and fame and position and career and satisfaction and relationships. That's what I want. How many know you're going to be empty every single time? Amen. And so I don't know about you, but to the level of hunger... This is what Jesus is saying is to the level, level of filling. So if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, guess what? You're going to be filled every single time. Every single time. If you hunger and it's selfish, if it's prideful, you're going to be empty. You're going to come, come away empty. But if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you will be filled. 
Amen. And the word there, hungry and thirsty, it's easy. It's kind of it just simply means an appetite, a craving, a longing. Amen. How many know Jesus had a hunger and thirst to do the Father's will? How many know Jesus had a hunger and thirst for people? He had a hunger and thirst to reach people. He said, I don't know what you boys are doing over here in these long robes, right, and all this other stuff. He said, but I've come to seek and save that which is lost. I mean, my, my purpose, my will is to do the will of the Father, and I'm here to seek and save that which is lost. Jesus had an insatiable appetite for the things of God, for his Father's will to be done, for souls to be saved. And I don't know about you, but man, when I look at the life of Jesus, I'm like, I've got to get there. I mean, I, I mean that's where I want to be. I want to have that kind of hunger. I want to have that kind of thirst, amen, that at 12 years old, Jesus is burning with a desire, amen, I've got to do the Father's business. I've got to be about what God's called me to do, amen, amen. And so Jesus said in John chapter 4, very interesting, when he was ministering to this woman, the Samaritan woman at the well, the disciples went into town to get a cheesesteak, and when they came back, they had one for Jesus, and they said, Here, here's your lunch, Jesus said, I'm not hungry anymore. Say, well, who gave you, who snuck in the, who, who snuck in a salad? Who snuck in a, how'd you already eat? And Jesus said, no, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. That's my nourishment. That's what fills me up. That's what gives me satisfaction. I don't even need food. Amen. He said, I get filled up in doing God's will. Isn't that amazing? Wow. Amen. And so I just want to just quickly go into this real quick, that hunger, as, you, as I look at this, I just want to, because we're talking about encounter, hunger is a picture of the word of God and thirst is a picture of prayer. So let's tie these two together, hunger and thirst for righteousness, hunger for the word of God. See, hunger is satisfied through the word because it's the bread of life. <laughs> Come on, somebody. What did Jesus say? Give us this day our daily bread. Our daily bread. Where are you getting hot bread from the Lord? The word of God. Where's the daily bread that God has for you? The nourishment that he has from you? Well, if I watch this podcast or this preacher on YouTube, then I'll get my... No, it comes from the word of God. Amen. The word of God is the nourishment that we need as believers. Anybody? Uh-oh. And some of you really like that preacher too. But man, that's good that you're listening to that. But my daily bread comes from the Lord. Amen. And that's what I'm asking. Lord, give me the daily bread. As I'm opening the word of God, I don't just dive in and like pick a verse. Okay, I need that. That's real good for my, for my ego and for my, uh, you know, that my, my, my self-worth. Yeah, I feel good about myself today. No, I need the daily bread that brings me strength. I need the daily bread that brings me peace. I need the daily bread that brings me uh, solution. And when I'm in that uh, situation that really settles my heart when I get anxious, I need the daily bread. Amen? Give us this day our daily bread. That daily nourishment from the Lord. Amen? I like this quote that someone said, is the Bible is meant to be bread for daily use, not cake for special occasions. <laughs> Some people just have cake at Easter. That's all they're looking for is just a sweet little thing from Jesus, and I'll go, but how many know it's bread? Amen? How many know it's bread? And that's why the church isn't a fancy restaurant, amen, where you get to pick out what you want. I like this and I don't like this. The church is a canteen for workers, amen. We need the daily bread to go out and do the work that God's called us to do, amen? Amen. And so that's what we see. You know, the prophet Jeremiah was the one that really said this the best. He said it about eating God's word. Jeremiah 15, he said, your words were found and I ate them. David said in Psalms, he said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I need the Lord. 
That's how much I need the Lord. And I'm tasting of the Lord. I'm eating and receiving like I would eat bread every day. I need that for my spiritual body every single day. One of the things I love about the Bible, and you find as you read and get into the scriptures, you really find, amen, you have that encounter with the word of God as you find that the Bible is a few things. The Bible is life. It's light, it's law, it's truth, it's a weapon, it's instruction, it's knowledge, it's insight from God, it's wisdom, it's medicine, it's water, it's a hammer, it's a fire, it's sword, it's bread, it's a seed, it's milk, it's a treasure, it's honey, it's the final authority of God, it's the manual from God, it's the science of God, it's the breath of God, it's the bread of presence, and in the Old Testament, prophets spoke about it, but in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit reveals it. Amen, the word of God is God, amen. I don't need to try to go Google something. I just got to pick up the word and I'll find an encounter with God. Amen. That's my nourishment. That's my bread. That's my life. Everything I need in this life is found in the word of God. I can have an encounter with God. Come on, somebody. Amen. And that's the Bible. It's so good. Proverbs 15 says, a wise man is hungry for truth while a mocker feeds on trash. I don't know about you, but I want to be a wise man. I want to be hungry for truth. Amen. Amen. I love this quote from Charles Wesley, one of the fathers of the faith, if you will. He said, worldliness is anything that dims my appetite for God. Amen? That's why John said, love not the world, neither the things in the world. Because if you love the world, the love of the Father is not in you. You won't have a love for the word. You won't understand, amen, that the word is the authority of God. You'll doubt the word of God. You'll think that there's some other word out there, amen? But if we, amen, get into God and be hungry and thirsty for God, amen, we're going to be filled with righteousness. And how do I hunger for God more? Through his word. The more I get into the word, the more hungry I get for God. Anybody? I remember we sat down just to study something, and the next thing you know, you find yourself, oh my word, I got into this and this and this, and I discovered this scripture, and I've got to put that on my fridge, and that's my favorite new scripture now, and oh my goodness, I just thought I was doing a little daily reading today. The next thing you know, my mind is blown, amen, through the word of God. I love this, what David said in the Psalms twice, several times, but two uh, areas I just brought out so good, this truth. He said this, he said, my heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Not just my heart. I mean, you know, people are like, oh yeah, my heart, man, you know my heart. No, no, no. No, he said, my heart and my flesh. Amen. There's a lot of people that say they believe in God, but they don't act like they believe in God. David's saying, everything about my life cries out for God. There's not just a part of me that likes to go to church. There's not a part of me that likes God, amen, that appreciates the Bible. My whole life is wrapped around, amen, God. My whole life is, amen, engulfed with God, amen, and the things of the Lord, amen, because of his word. He said, my heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Wow. And then one other place he said, I thirst for you, God. My whole being longs for you. I mean, I desire you, like I get thirsty for you. He said, like a deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for you. Like an animal needs water, amen. They can go so long, but how many know they need water? Like our human bodies, we've got to have daily water, don't we? Amen. He said, or we'll die. Amen. And I just want to kind of wrap up this, this part, amen, just by giving you three principles of spiritual appetite. There's so three principles I just want to share about spiritual appetite. It's so important to understand is that what we focus on, we will worship. 
How many know whatever you see, you will worship. Whatever you worship, you'll become. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. So as people, what we focus on is what we will worship, what we make priority, what we make important in our lives. That's why the Bible says that we should worship only God and, and not make any other images. Come on. Amen. And we should worship him and him alone. So because he is supposed to be our focus. And what we focus on will worship. What we open our spirits to will minister to us. How many know what I'm talking about? Whatever you open yourself up to will minister to you and change you. Romans chapter 6, verse 12 and 16 says, and, he, and, and Paul is saying to the Christians, yield your members of your body. Yield the members of your body as members or things of righteousness to God. Amen. Not as instruments of unrighteousness in the world, but righteousness, uh, 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 instruments of righteousness, because then you'll have life and peace. But if you yield your members, members of your body as unrighteous members or things that are unrighteous in this world, you will find death. Is that right? So we yield our members. And the third principle is, is that we will produce what we're familiar, what we're intimate with. Come on. We'll produce what we're intimate with. Whatever you're intimate with and you allow close in your heart, in your life, and really into your, into your real spirit, the Bible makes it clear that you will, you will produce those things. John 15 says, Jesus said, if my words live in you, you will bear much fruit. And Paul said that fruit is called the fruits of righteousness. That's what Paul said those fruits are. So righteousness in our life, amen. So if you hunger for righteousness, we will be filled through his word. Let me just throw this disclaimer out before we continue is that it's important to understand because when I was a kid, uh, you know, and, and young and understanding, you know, the things of the Lord, I was like, wow, if I could just go to camp and I can just get on fire for God, I'm going to be an instant great Christian, right? If I could just get excited and have that one experience with the Lord, man, everything's going to be great. Then I'm going to be like the most cool Christian ever, right? But how many know nobody can impart a relationship with God on you, Right? Nobody can impart a hunger and thirst for God on you. You can't come down front and get hands laid on you. I want a hunger and thirst for God. I mean, no, nobody can do that. No man can impart that to you. No man can lay hands on you. Can't, it's not some little, you know, a magic, like pixie dust, the spiritual, okay, wave this wand, and now you're hungry and thirsty for God. You have to change your appetite. You have to change your habits and your desires towards the Lord. Amen. If you, Jesus said, you, blessed are you who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for you will be filled. Amen. So how many know it's not something that if, oh, if I could just, just you know, hit that high note in church, if I could just get my praise on, if I could just get, man, it just, uh, that's all I need, then I'll be spiritual, then I'll be growing in the Lord. No, that's not how it works. We've got to change our appetites. We've got to change our desires that they match God's, that they line up with God's. Amen. That's why he said, if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, not for spirituality or religion, but righteousness. Amen. You will be filled. How many believe that? Amen. And the, the thing I want to close with today is, as we talked about hunger, which is like for the word of God, that represents the word of God, the hunger and thirst for righteousness. Because the more I get into the word, the more I find out what is the righteousness of God? What does that look like in my life? Amen. But also then there's that, the thirst for God. Well, what is that? Thirst for God in prayer. That's what it is. Because the thirst, our thirst is quenched for God or for righteousness through prayer because his spirit is the water of life. Did you know that? There's something about when you pray, it's like you just drank 
like, you know, water or something. You had this really, you know, it's Gatorade. I mean, it's just like, it was so good for you, amen, when you pray. How many have ever said to the Lord, amen, you know, I haven't prayed for a while, and Lord, I just pray, and how many just felt so refreshed after you prayed, amen? How many know you can be refreshed as you pray? I mean, it's better than worrying, isn't it? It's better than trying to figure it out. It's trying to fr- worrying about fretting and being scared or afraid about it, amen? When you pray, there's something refreshing about praying, Amen? How many believe that? There's just something so refreshing about prayer. Amen. How many have ever felt a little bit better? Amen. You prayed before you went to work or prayed after, and you feel a little bit better. Amen. Spent a little bit of time in your car before you went into the house after work, and you felt a little bit better. Amen. There's just something about prayer that refreshes us. And there's that thirst in our spirits that is quenched through prayer. Because it is really the Spirit of God that helps us pray and works in our lives. Even Paul said, I don't know what to pray. I don't know what I'm saying all the time. I don't know what to pray for. But the Spirit of God knows what to pray. The Lord knows how to pray. Come on, God knows to pray. I mean, if it was up to me, I'd pray selfish prayer like they did in James, right? I mean, I'd pray about having, you know, Ferraris and cars and cabins and, and then three other vacation homes. And Come on, we'd pray about those things, wouldn't we? But we pray according to what God wants us to pray, for the will of God. And we know the will of God in prayer because the Spirit helps us when we pray. Amen. Jesus said in John chapter 7, he said in the last, this is what it says, in the last day, the great day of the feast, or the last day of the feast, it was a great feast in Jerusalem, Jesus stood up and cried. In other words, he preached really loud. (laughs) He stood up and he said, if any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. He that believes on me, as the scripture says, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And the Bible says he was talking about the Holy Spirit. He wasn't talking about going to church. He was talking about the Holy Spirit. Because the Bible says that, amen, he hadn't been glorified yet and the Holy Spirit hadn't come yet. That's what John said, amen. He said, so he's talking about the Holy Spirit. And then he's saying, okay, well, how does that happen? How do those rivers flow? I believe that one of the ways as we see is that refreshing water comes out of our lives through prayer. We experience that river of living water, amen, not just in salvation, but we experience it every day in prayer. There's something about our thirst. If we're thirsty for God, how many know you're going to pray? If you're desperate for God, you're going to pray. If you really want something, you're going to get it. Amen? If you really want God, you're going to pray. That's what David said. My soul thirsts for you. I long for you. So what did David say? I'm going to pray. <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to read your word. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to worship you. Amen? Because I'm thirsty. Amen? And see, just like the natural body, the Bible uh, or science makes it clear, we're just, we know this by, just by life, right, that you have to have some type of daily daily water intake, you have to have water every single day. So whether you're chomping on lettuce or whatever it is, the food you're eating, you're getting water. I mean, if you don't have water, you're, you're going to deplete your body and your body's going to break down. You have to have water. The human body has to have water. So does our spirit man. It has to have water. It has to have, amen, the thirst has to be quenched, doesn't it? That happens through prayer. Amen. How many know prayer is like breathing? How many can say, well, I don't need devotions. That's like saying, I'm going to hold my breath for a year. Good luck with that, right? In just a few minutes, I'm going to catch you. Then I'm going to do CPR, bring you back to life. We're going to talk about it again, right? I'm going to see that works, amen. But just like our natural bodies need daily water, so our spirit man needs daily prayer and fellowship with the Lord. 
Amen? So that's why Jesus was teaching here. I believe that one of the keys we can take away from this is that if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, and how do you get into that place? How do you find yourself hungry and thirsty? Through the word and through prayer. Through daily, amen, walking with the Lord in his word, discovering the things of God in his word, discovering the power of his word, communicating with the Lord in prayer, receiving that refreshing water, amen, that wa- the river of living water every single day, amen, in Jesus Christ, amen. How many can honestly say, I want to hunger and thirst for righteousness? And guess what? Guess what? We're going to be filled. That's what the Bible makes it. Jesus said, you will be filled. Amen. You'll never come away from God. Amen. Disappointed, empty-handed. You'll never come away. Amen. The Bible says that anybody that comes in one way, amen, that come in with a broken heart, amen, they will never be disappointed. Amen. And I believe that our encounter with God starts with this hunger and thirst for God. And so when I encounter God in prayer, I can be filled with righteousness. You know, righteousness, a lot of people think that righteousness is being better than everybody else. That's self-righteousness. That's not God's righteousness. And many people think, well, righteousness means I'll, I'll never be wrong again. I'm always right. That's not righteousness. Amen. Well, if I'm righteous, that means I'm holier than everybody else. No, that's not righteous. You know what righteousness means? Righteousness is that right standing with God. And how many of that only comes through Jesus Christ? Oh, we were, we were in the wrong side. We were in the wrong standing with God. We were enemies, the Bible says, and, and, and separate from God. But through Jesus, amen, we've been brought close to God in fellowship with him, with the Father, through the cross of Jesus Christ. Amen? And so it's right standing with God. I love this definition of righteousness. It is God's rightness. <laughs> it is God's rightness. How many believe God is right in all things? In every way, God is right. It's God's rightness. Not mine. Not mine. Mine doesn't work. Amen? But the Bible says our righteousness is as what? Filthy rags. It's no good. No, there's nobody righteous. No, not one. Only one righteous. Amen, the man Christ Jesus. And when I was born again, I received his righteousness, his holiness, his perfection, his love. Amen. And, and many people think, well, if, if you're talking about being righteous, then you must mean then you're never going to be wrong again. Then you're humanly perfect. No, that's not what the Bible means. It means you're in right standing with God. And how many thank God that through Jesus, we're in right standing with God. Amen. But it means that rightness of God. So what does that mean? That means God's right choices. God's right decisions. How many need God's right choices? God's right decisions. Some of you are in here because you did your own decisions, your own choices without God. But I don't know about you, but I need God's choices. Amen in my life. God's right decisions, God's thoughts, God's right thoughts, God's right actions in my life. That's righteousness. And I don't know about you, but if I hunger for that, if I get thirsty for that, if I get in the word and I just get in fellowship with God through prayer, there's something that I feel so satisfied and complete in my life, amen, that I'm right standing with God. That doesn't mean I don't have problems. That doesn't mean I don't have struggles. That doesn't mean that I won't suffer pain and go through hardships, amen, but through all those things, I'm in right standing with God, amen? Aren't you glad for that this morning? So how many can say, Pastor Matt, I want to hunger and thirst after righteousness, Amen. Let's stand on our feet. Amen. Blessed are those. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. That's what I want to do. I want to hunger and thirst for those things. You know, when you encounter God through his word daily, the Bible says a couple things that 
you will be prosperous. You will be successful. That doesn't mean everything will work out in your way. It just means that in God, you'll be prosperous. In God, you'll be successful. You'll be changed. The Bible says that you'll have blessings and not cursings in your life. I don't know about you, but I want blessings and not cursings. Amen. And when I hunger and thirst for his righteousness through the word and through prayer, I mean, it's so important that I do that. I'm completely satisfied. That's what the Bible says. And then, as Paul said, I will produce the favorable fruit, the right fruits, the good fruits of peace, amen, in my life. Those things that I'm looking for that I think every human being is longing for and looking for, how many know it's in Jesus Christ? And I want to challenge you that this week, if there's somebody that you know that they're still running and after, uh, away from God and they're still searching and they're still looking in the world and trying to fulfill their desires and the things of the world and through other substances, I want you to just tell them a simple message, amen, Jesus Christ can satisfy you. Just give them that simple message that Jesus Christ can satisfy your heart. Amen? Just let them know that if you just hunger and thirst for righteousness, you will be filled. You will be filled. I don't know about you, but how many can say, I've been filled by the Lord. I mean, I, I feel that way with Jesus. I, I, there's a lot of things in life that I haven't been satisfied with. But I'm telling you right now, when it comes to the Lord, I'm, I'm completely satisfied. Amen? But I'm not going to stop there. I'm going to keep hungry. I'm going to stay thirsty for God. I'm going to keep in the word. I'm going to run after God in prayer. I'm going to chase the blessings of the Lord down. Amen. Amen. I'm, I'm going to search for God. I'm going to look for the Lord. Amen. My day isn't going to go by when the Lord isn't going to hear from me. Amen. Amen. The Lord's going to hear me thank him in the morning. The Lord's going to hear me make my request by faith. The Lord's going to hear me praying for my friends and relatives. The Lord's going to hear from me. The Lord's going to see me, amen, the reflection of the word. I'm going to get in the word, let the word get in me. And I'm just going to, amen, let the word, amen, just saturate my life and change me the way the word does, amen. I'm going to meditate on it. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to sing about it. I'm going to worship. I'm, I'm just going to get so in love with God through his word. I want to encounter with the Lord, amen. You know why? Because we, we live in a, a society that needs Jesus. We live in a world and people around us, they have got to have an encounter with the living God themselves. And it's through our lives that they'll see, wow, you've had an encounter with God. You know about the Bible. You know about prayer. You know how to get a hold of God. Amen. Not about you, but I want my life to be a light to other people. Amen. That they can see this encounter that I've had with the Lord. I'm not showing off. I'm not bragging about it. It's just something I live out. It's just something that comes out naturally. Amen. Because I hunger and thirst for righteousness. I want them to hunger and thirst for righteousness. Amen. Father, we just thank you for your word today. I thank you that your word is like medicine. Sometimes, Lord, it corrects some areas that are out of order and, and, and heals some areas that are wounded and, and broken. I thank you, Lord, that your word is also like honey, that it comes and it just soothes us, Lord, in areas. It, it brings such a, a healing and such a, 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 just a nourishment, Lord, in our lives. It's sweet, Lord. I love the Word. And I just thank you for the Word today. I pray that we would, Lord, get into the Word a little bit more than we did last year, yesterday, today. Lord, I, I pray that we just move a little bit closer, this encounter with you, Lord, and in our devotion to you, Lord, through prayer and through the Word. Help me, Lord. Understand your Word. I pray that, Lord, you just, just help my mind. I have a hard time reading the Word and understanding the Bible. I pray that you would just touch my mind, touch my heart. When I read the word, I just want to, I want to see what it says and hear what it's saying to me, Lord. I just pray that you would just heal me and touch me, Lord, today. 
So that when I read your word, Lord, the word of God just comes, touches me, changes my life. That Lord, I can repeat that to other people and I can tell other people about you through your word. I just give you all the praise and all the glory, Lord. And I thank you for what you're doing and will do in my life. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Can we give the Lord a cheer today? Thank God for his word. His word is precious. Amen.